0: every time
1: a proud member of the Gunna geek network the opinions expressed are those of each individual check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three two one
0: on this week's episode did Hobbs and Shaw perform up to expectations it's a resurgence of gta 5 and minecraft and how does josh feel about marvel's phase four all this and more as we once again delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos.
2: Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos.
0: And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He is our Vin Diesel of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out everything that's going on today when it comes to popculturecosmos.com, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com, and also popculturecosmos on all the various social media outlets, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and so much more. It is my good friend. It is the author himself, Josh Peterson. How are book sales going, my friend?
2: Not as well as I'd like, actually. I've sold a lot less than I thought I had, so i got to get back on the old promotion wagon here.
0: Absolutely, my friend. And if there's anything that we can do to help, please let us know. Once again, it is Congratulations, You Suck. It is a stirring story indeed, and if you get a chance, check it out. Again, it's available on all different platforms, including Amazon, also as well, Barnes & Noble, and so much more. Again, it's Congratulations, You Suck. I really hope you give it a chance. Once again, it's available on all online book outlets. In fact, I've seen the Kindle versions as low as $3. So if you've got $3 and you love your Kindle, you know what? Go ahead, download it right there for you. It is Congratulations, You Suck. Not only help him out as an inspiring author, but also you get a chance to read a great story as well. It's an awesome episode we've got for you coming up today. We're going to be talking Hobbs and Shaw, also, as well, some Madden because that just came out. Roblox, GTA 5, and Minecraft, No Man's Sky. We've also got a review later on that I did on Lucid Sound LS41 7.1 DTS surround sound headphones. And when it comes to Marvel's Phase 4, he didn't get a chance very much to express his thoughts on it because he was out looking for Bigfoot in the Pacific Northwest at the time. All that good stuff was announced at Hall H at the San Diego Comic-Con. I'll run by some questions Adam, and see what he answers when it comes to Marvel's Phase 4 and beyond. But first, my friend, Hobbs and Shaw did debut this weekend at the theaters, and wouldn't you know, <laughs> for once, the prognosticators are right on the money. People thought it was going to do $60 million domestically and $180 million worldwide. Guess what? $60 million domestically and $180 million worldwide. Mind you, it still hasn't made close back yet to the budget of $200 million, but still, it's a pretty good sign for the month of August, which we talked about being a slow period. Kids are going back to school, going to be some dead time when it comes to people not going to the movies. So this is somewhat of an encouraging sign for the Fast Furious franchise if they decide to continue to go down that realm. Plus, I heard also as well that there are some celebrities, well-known celebrities that make performances in there that... In case of one of them could lead the franchise even further.
2: From what I understand, people are really enjoying it. And it's uh, it, it's exactly what people thought it would be, which is something we talked about is a strong side of this franchise. But yeah, I'm excited, man. You have any plans to go see it?
0: We were really trying hard to get a chance to see it this weekend, but unfortunately could not quite get there. But we will be trying to make an effort to go see it this week. But yes, there are some performances in there that are a surprise of individuals that are very well known that are in there that help move the plot forward. So we'll uh, have to wait and see all the good stuff that's there. But yes, the word is decent. Popcorn flick. Nothing more, nothing less. If you want to go ahead and enjoy pretty much what will be considered the last decent or big hit of the summer, hey, check out Hobson Shaw. It's done as expected. And hopefully it will continue the line of Fast and Furious. But again, Fast and Furious 9, as we said on our previous program, is filming now. It's scheduled to come out next year. It is something that still is going to be the main part of the Fast and Furious franchise. But seeing how this weekend has played out for Hobbs and Shaw, do you see more attempts into, I guess, side stories, spinoffs of the Fast and Furious franchise? Because in the past, the only thing we've ever seen are little DVD shorts or short films that only help a little bit of the narrative as far as trying to make the timeline even a little bit more cohesive, which unfortunately, in a lot of cases, it's not when it comes to Fast and Furious, but they've tried little short films and whatnot, try to piece these things together like Marvel has with some of their shorts earlier in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But will this lead to a larger effort with other characters or a return of Hobbs and Shaw to another sequel for that spinoff. Do you, do you see more spinoffs in the fast and furious franchise at this point in time?
2: I don't know because there's not really a lot of characters outside of Vin Diesel. Who's always featured in the mainline series. That would be interesting to me, maybe Hans, but you know, he, again, he was in Tokyo drift and he, he died there. So I don't know how much, maybe another movie featuring him that could take place in Japan. But outside of Han, like there's not really anyone that interesting. Like, like Paul Walker, maybe, but we can't do anything with him anymore or they can't. So I don't know. I could see them possibly making another Hobbs and Shaw spin-off movie where I'd love to see a spin-off movie featuring Shaw and Vin Diesel, maybe like that could be cool. But I don't see right now, I don't see any other characters venturing outside of the main series.
0: And that's a shame if that's the case because it's something that could have potential if done, I guess, with a better, more economical budget in mind. I mean, they don't really have to go all out $200 million because I think that sets it up for a very hard draw when it comes to having a spinoff that's not expected to do as well as the main franchise movies have a similar budget. And you're expecting to have that kind of returns. But unfortunately, when it comes to Hobbs and Shaw, you're not going to have that type of draw that you would with a normal Fast and Furious franchise movie, because especially overseas. In fact, the last two movies in the Fast and Furious franchise series before Hobbs and Shaw, which you're using as a spinoff here, they garnered over a billion dollars each on the overseas market, much less to whatever they did in the domestic side. So those movies play very well overseas. This one is going to probably do something very good, but not close to what the Fast and Furious franchise films are doing. So if you can try and keep them under maybe 150, maybe even 125, even close to $100 million on the production budget on the next one, if you try to do another spinoff, you're actually going to get a very nice return if you continue the spinoffs, because a lot of people, like I said, the reviews are mixed. But for the people that are out there watching it, they're just treating it as good popcorn fun. They like the banter back and forth between Hobbs and Shaw, aka The Rock, and Jason Statham. Idris Elba, we've gone on this show how much we appreciate his work. He's playing the big baddie, so I'm not sure exactly if it's utilizing his talents to the fullest in this sense because I I really love to see him in a role with a larger scope, per se. I'm sure he didn't mind the paycheck in this case. So you know what? For him, it's you know another good opportunity, but we like to see him a little bit in, in, you know at, at a at even a higher level than, than he's at now because I think superstardom is still there for him if you can go ahead and grab that right role. But for now, it is Hobson Shaw. It is still something I think a lot of people are, are gonna go to just before school starts. We're gonna try to make it to over the next few days. If you have thoughts on the film, because I know a lot of people have seen it already, share us your thoughts. Did you like the cameos and the surprise performances that were in there? Because there's two very notable ones in there. I don't want to say right now because of spoilers, but did you like the surprise performances? Do you like the banter back and forth between Hobbs and Shaw? Did you like anything else about it? Or was it just a great popcorn flick? Or did you even like it at all? Please, share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also, as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. My friend, you know it's that time of year. It's early August, comes around every point in time around this time of year when it comes to the video game scene. And yes, we're, we could be talking about Evo. There was a lot of great matches that we saw over the weekend on our Game Source Facebook page. We linked up to the Evo Twitter account so you could catch all the action there. Some great performances there and my compliments to everybody who participated in the event and, of course, the winners most of all. But my friend, in the world of video games, not much was said really about Madden this time around because Madden debuted last week initially to EA Access owners and then is getting rolled out to everyone else. But it really didn't generate the buzz. I really didn't see any commercials. I really didn't see much in the way of internet ads. The only real buzz about it was the fact that, as usual, every year, certain football players who are very unhappy with their Madden rating, and they start moaning and groaning about that. But we really didn't get that kind of Madden feel as of yet. And even as preseason football is starting, we're still not seeing as many commercials, not seeing as much pub. And I don't want to say is Madden on the way out or is Madden dying, but the Madden mystique, is that fading a little bit in your eyes? Is that fading a little bit with your friends? Is that something a lot of people still are interested in? Did the unfortunate events of last year, did that cause maybe you think some backlash as far as Madden is concerned? I want to hear your thoughts, man, because no one can tell me here this year that Madden has got as much hype as last year
2: or any year before it. I don't think it has anything to do with what happened last year, but it's one of those games. Like we we've talked about this before. And the same thing we we discussed is about call of duty as well is the fact that these games don't change nothing really. They added a career mode into it last time. That kind of takes you through a story of the, of a main character, but these games are growing stagnant. And I think that's why people won't buy them. And I also think that EA has a big part to play in this as their reputation keeps getting dragged through the mud. I don't think that people are as willing to jump into those types of games as they are, say, something that like 2K makes. So, you know, Madden has owned the, you know, they put, what what was it, like uh, NFL Blitz and NFL, there's a whole bunch of other ones that they bought out and they put out of business, and now they're the only ones. And I think that people are just kind of getting burnt out on those games.
0: Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, we've talked about it before the last great football game that wasn't Madden was what NFL 2k5 if I'm not mistaken if my memory serves correct I know a lot of people were lauding a certain version of NFL 2k that had the first-person mode into it. A lot of people just loved it. I remember at the video game store that I was running that a lot of people were just lauding how great it was and that it was a true contender to Madden at the time. But unfortunately, 2K just didn't stick it out because I think it was rights issues with the NFL and Madden bought exclusivity and EA paid the cashola and all that and finished that off real quick. But you're right. With NFL Blitz, that could have been something that a lot of people like as well. I know a lot of people are talking about NFL blitz being something that arcade one up might want to choose in the future. But again, you still have those same issues when it concerns rights and fees and all There's that NFL fever. That
2: was the one I was trying to think of
0: NFL fever. I remember that was the one with Microsoft. Was that not
2: correct? Yeah, that was the one on the Xbox. And that one was actually really fun because you could design your own plays, create your own characters. And that was something MADA didn't start doing until after they bought out fever.
0: Again, it was, I think a rights issue and EA got exclusive rights at some point in time to the NFL PA and the NFL rosters and all that. Once that happened, I think that took two K right out of the picture on that. So, you know, it just, to me, it just seems like Madden at this point in time does not have the mystique or does not have the panache or the interest level. I think that a lot of people used to have for it. I know it's like call of duty with certain fans that will buy the updated rosters year after year or whatever small adjustments that are made that are, and tweaks that they seem to do with even you know with every single update whether they do each and every year but wouldn't it be better for the gamer if they just had one basic version and then they would just go ahead and make updates on the fly like gta like even no man's sky which we're going to talk about here in a little bit and other games that you know destiny 2 and all that that we're seeing that are two, three, four, five years old that are just making updates that are keeping the game just as fresh.
2: Yeah, you'd think, and I'm pretty sure that's the mentality of a lot of people who play these sports games, the fact that, especially with with character creators, they can create characters to match the stats of newer players or go online and see what what other people have done and kind of update their teams as they go along. But, you know, let me ask you this, as someone who doesn't play a lot of sports games, what would it take to get you to play something like that?
0: Okay, I talked about on last week's show as far as the PCC Multiverse, I talked about NBA 2K and me still enjoying the NBA 2K experience despite the numerous microtransactions there is. Now, Madden has its share of microtransactions, but it's really only centered around one mode. So you don't really have to go into that mode and really be a part of it if you don't want to go ahead into microtransactions and all that. What would probably immerse me into it as far as if I knew that if I just spent $60 or a certain amount of money and I was just gonna go ahead and get updates and roster updates and like you said before, play updates or maybe a little bit more customization options that I'm given as an owner and be able to go ahead and enjoy that for two, three, four, five years instead of thinking, okay, I just bought Madden a week ago or two weeks ago and it's already half off in value because of it. Because you and I both know, Sports games devalue faster than any games in the video game industry.
2: I don't know. So I'm not entirely sure how many copies of Madden sell each season, but it's just it's one of those things where you you play it and you beat it and there's not really any reason to play it anymore because I don't know what the online community is like, but I don't hear a lot of people bragging about, you know, oh, I play Madden online with my friends. Is at least not in like the same vein of, of what Call of Duty might be.
0: Yeah, that's true. I agree with you on that, but there's still a community out there for it. I see it, and I still see the competitions around, and I think that some people might be scared off after the unfortunate events of one of the Madden tournaments that happened last year, which was very tragic and is still thought about even to this day by gamers and Madden players alike. But still, I think for whatever reason, the Mad mystique is is fading and I think that EA needs to go to the drawing board and understand why or what is going on when it comes to Madden and maybe reevaluate where the Madden series is at so they could go ahead and produce something that is of quality that will last and to give the players a, a concrete addition that they can enjoy for years to come as opposed to months weeks or even days to come because it doesn't make any sense at all these days because people are just going to have to spend $60 here, $60 next year, $60 year after that. If you're a real diehard football or man fan, and if that's the case, a lot of players are I've here and I've seen, they actually go to older versions and just either try to update the roster somehow through way through that, or just go ahead with the rosters that are there and just play a certain older version of that and just go with that because they're tired of going ahead and redoing and re-upping Madden each and every year because it's just so hard to go ahead and continually put out $60 each and every time for this game when there's so many other games that go ahead and for that same amount of money update and keep the experience going for years to come.
2: Do you think that people are just losing interest in football as, as like a, an entire sport? Because, I mean, there was a lot of controversy in the NFL over the taking a knee thing. But, like, I'm seeing bills being passed here in California where they're trying to limit the amount of time that people are allowed to practice football just in general. So I'm wondering like if there's head
0: injuries and things of that nature.
2: Yeah. But I'm wondering if there's a decline in interest in the sport or if people are, are trying to to get rid of it or what's going on. I know the NFL is a huge industry, but I just, I don't know. Maybe people just aren't as interested in it as they used to be. Well, ratings
0: and attendance were down last year as opposed to the year before. I think this year will be a telling sign if it's actually going on the downhill for good or for at least a while Or if it's just an ebb and flow, which you will see from time to time when it comes to pro sports, depending on who is on top, if there's a sexy team or if there's a star player that gets everybody going, that gets everybody interested in talking around the water cooler, then you'll see an uptick in volume of of attendance and things of that nature. Like, for instance, in the NBA, the year before, NBA was really doing great as far as the ratings are concerned. But since not as many people are as fond, at least to here in the United States, of the Toronto Raptors, they were less likely to see it. And the ratings went down for the finals there. So it's a give and take, depend, I think, in an ebb and flow for many of the sports. But we'll have to wait and see what the end result of attendance and ratings, if it will continue to decline this year. I think we'll see if, if you're right about in that hunch that's going to happen as it plays out over the course of the next few months in the NFL But Madden, you know what, madness it's there, Uh, you know, it came out, I'm just not seeing the interest in it like I have in the past. If you're still very interested in Madden and a Madden follower, we'd love to hear from you why you're still sticking to it. And if you see that type of interest, or if you're like us and you see a declining cultural awareness that Madden is out and about in the wild, please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com.
1: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials?
0: Listen up, all you gamers out there. Miracle Fruit Oil is ramping up the deals on its awesome Vitabrace gaming wristband. Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve your gaming performance. Vitabrace will help you achieve your gaming goals, whether it's that single-player campaign, retro classic, or battle royale. Head on over today to MiracleFruitOil.com and if you use the code VitaBrace50, you'll get half off on a VitaBrace gaming wristband or use the code buy one get one and it's buy one get one free. That's right. Just use the code VitaBrace50 or buy and the number one get and the number one today to get some great deals on some VitaBrace gaming wristbands. So check it out today at MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace, win with it. I got to ask you, my friend, are you familiar with Roblox?
2: I've seen it played briefly. I know my, my nephew's a big fan.
0: Well, I will tell you this. My daughter plays it religiously. My youngest daughter does. And it is something that, you know, it's, it's been there for a long time. It actually came out even before Minecraft, if I remember correctly, And you know what? It's just been under the radar for all these years. Literally no one above the age of, I guess, teenage years and older seems to talk about it, but all the younger kids play it, early adolescence, even up to the 11, 12, 13 years of age type deal. But mostly it's between like the ages of five and and 11. And I'll tell you what, it's gone way under the radar, something that before my daughters actually, both of them got really into it at one point in time or another. It was something that went way under the radar with me, but all of a sudden I start seeing merchandising as of late, you know, out and about in the wild. You go to Walmart, Target, whatnot, and you start to see a little bit of merchandising there. You start a little seeing a little bit of interest, start hearing families talking about a little bit more. You start going to your schools and whatnot, and you see the scuttlebutt as far as the parents talking to kids about Roblox. And you know what? Next thing you know, after all these years, you finally see the results of what all that underground talk is and what all that, you know, all those things aside. Uh, If I told you right now that Roblox just went over 100 million current users, would that blow your
2: mind? Not really. I mean, yeah, but I also, like, I, I know that people have been clamoring for another Minecraft to play for quite some time. And I wonder if, too, a lot of these Roblox players are people who are getting tired of Fortnite as well.
0: That's true, and that's something I wanted to talk about when it concerns Roblox and the resurgence of GTA Five and Minecraft, and also even an interest in No Man's Sky. Because when it comes to Roblox hitting hundred million current users, when we talk about GTA Five after six years coming out with a brand new DLC with a brand new content that, in the form of that's a free casino update that is just everybody's going crazy over, and Minecraft has now gotten a resurgence of their own in-store, I think a lot of it is from the fact that Fortnite, and we talked about this also on last week's PCZ Multiverse, that we weren't seeing the kind of large capacity crowds that were interested before into Fortnite as they were this time last year. The numbers, as best we could tell from all the different outlets that are trying to cover it, are saying that it's down. And I think those individuals that are leaving Fortnite are going back to or into other ventures. And Roblox, GTA Five, Minecraft, and even an updating No Man's Sky, which even after all the years and all the failures that it's gone through, is updating again with a massive multiplayer and VR update you know what, my friend, now's the opportunity to get back into or get into some of these old games. And it looks like a lot of people are, and it's affecting games like Fortnite a lot.
2: Yeah, well, we knew that was kind of just a matter of time until that happened, but Fortnite can't stay on top forever. And they're going on to season 10, and they're not really offering new content outside of new skins. So we kind of knew that that was going to happen eventually, but good. You know, it's like I, I, I want to see people playing other games besides Fortnite, because I want to see the eSports scene take off with other games besides Fortnite. So it's kind of cool to see, you know, new things popping up. Is No Man's Sky on the Switch?
0: No Man's Sky, as of this point, isn't on the Switch, to my best recollection. You know, it has moved off the PlayStation exclusivity, and it has gone on to other platforms. I think it's available on PC, on Xbox One. They got a lot of flack for so many things that they promised at the beginning of the of the game's development, and so many things that were not delivered. And you know what? It is now on Xbox One, it's now on PlayStation 4, and it's now on PC, and it is doing something now after all these years that's just making it more palpable. I think a lot of people are actually getting into it now for the first time because there was a big update last year, but there's an even larger update this year that's finally seeing the realization of all those promises that they gave at E3 so many years ago.
2: Yeah, it's nice to see that happening too because Sony really backed them, if I remember, when that first came out. They, so that was supposed to be like their their golden goose and then it didn't end up delivering on that. But it it's it's one of those games, again, where it's like it's not perfect at launch, but as they get feedback, they're able to keep adding on to it and developing it as they go. And it's it's do you, would you go as far as to say that this is the future of gaming is to have things like this happen? A game comes out in tanks like Anthem, but then they eventually start working on it. So it becomes something great.
0: I agree with you. That might be the case. And that might be par for the course, which in a lot of ways is very disheartening. Like you've talked about before, it's almost like having a game in early access, be your game that's released. And then, okay, we'll fix it down the line. And hopefully you'll come back to it or hopefully you'll get into it maybe a year two years down the line once we get all the bugs straight. But for a lot of people, depending on the game, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, Destiny 2 did not meet expectations, but they're still updating it. In fact, they had a very good update their last time around, but a lot of people still aren't getting into it because they have a lot of bad feelings in regards to Destiny 2. And the same thing could go for Anthem. I don't know why No Man's Sky is getting such a resurgence, even after all the bad publicity early on that they got and all the good publicity now that they're getting because of all the add-ons that they've done since then, if Anthem goes on the cheap like Fallout 76 does and Fallout 76 from Bethesda is trying very hard to do that same type of thing and salvage any type of success that there could be for those games, you know what? We could see that as a model down the line for every single poor reviewed or poorly received triple a game down the road i think that's probably the best way to say is because anthem fallout 76 no man's sky and all these other big triple a games that don't come out and meet expectations could be following the same suit down the road and that to me is a shame in a way because these games are going to come out unfinished right out the get-go
2: that brings up two issues also is the fact that you're people who are paying $60, you know, 40 to $60 to play these games are essentially becoming beta testers. And two, it's going to change the way that the review landscape works because there, you could have a game come out at launch and then six months later, it's a completely different game, but with the same title.
0: That's right, my friend. So we'll have to wait and see how this is going to play out as far as those games that were not well-received upon the get-go how they're going to go ahead and continue to try to make it a better product each and every time. And that's good that they still have that staying power and stick-to-itiveness that they're going to go ahead and, and do that. But I don't want this to be something that, okay, we have a game that's shaky that might not be received well at start, but we'll go ahead and make updates to it. I don't want these studios to feel like that's a fallback. I want them to go ahead and try and make a good product right out of the gate and Hopefully in the future, we won't see many more occasions like Mass Effect Andromeda, Anthem, No Man's Sky, Destiny 2, where they're poorly received or they're poorly made upon their entry. Right out of the gate, they got bad press, bad reviews, but you know what? They go ahead and make up for it two, three years down the line. I don't want that to be the norm. I just want that to be the exception. What are your thoughts out there on these bad games or these poorly reviewed games that find a new breath of life with updates that in many cases, like Destiny 2 and No Man's Sky, actually start to begin to meet all the expectations that was made in advance of their release. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos cosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, pop culture cosmos, humanity media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up after the break, i got some questions I want to ask Josh on his thoughts on phase four plus also as well a review of the Lucid Sound LS41 surround sound headphones and all the great stuff that we talk about right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Get ready for Box Art, a gaming docuseries from Pyre Productions and Rob McCallum Films. If you love video games, chances are there's a box cover or cover image that you love and has stuck with you for decades. In our series, Box Art, we travel across North America to visit with the unknown illustrators and artists responsible for creating the most iconic gaming images of all time. What was once scheduled to be a 90-minute documentary is now a six-episode season packed with unbelievable tales that paint a picture of the gaming industry you've never imagined. Just one of the many pop culture projects from Rob McCallum, Empire Productions.
0: And we're back with the program. It's the Pop Culture Cosmos. My friend, I want to ask you this when it comes to phase four, when you were in the Pacific Northwest and you were searching for all that good stuff that was going around as far as the Museum of Pop Culture, you were looking for Bigfoot, you were checking out all the 90s grunge music and deciding exactly who started it. I want to ask you, my friend, did you get a chance to check out in detail at that time what was going on at Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con or did you have to come home and get updated then?
2: I saw some of the news popping up as I was kind of sitting there looking at Instagram and stuff. I know they they announced a few things, the Disney streaming shows and Blade and Shang-Chi. I know that those all have official announced dates and people were curious about what's going on with Guardians 3 and Black Panther 2. But yes, I did get a chance to catch all that stuff.
0: Okay, so first question I want to ask you, my friend. Looking at the whole scenario, and we're talking about the whole timeline with the Marvel Cinematic Universe for Phase 4, and for those who have not heard it, which I'd be pretty surprised if you didn't hear it yet, but here goes. Black Widow is coming out May 1st of 2020. Then we've got The Falcon and Winter Soldier coming out in the fall of 2022, the Disney Plus streaming service. We've got The Eternals coming November 6th, I believe, 2020, Then we've got Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings coming February 12th, 2021. We've got WandaVision and Loki coming the spring of 2021 to Disney+. Doctor Strange and and The Multiverse of Madness coming on May 7th, 2021. We've got in the summer of 2021, the What If series. Hawkeye is coming out the fall of 2021 and it all heads up for Phase 4 Now, mind you, we're not including a Spider-Man 3 movie, which was most likely going to be somewhere in the 2021 range, but that's up to Sony to tell us when. November 5th, 2021 with Thor Love and Thunder. Not counting what we know already for Phase 5, which will most likely have a Blade with Mahershala Ali, possibly a Fantastic Four, X-Men, obviously a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Black Panther 2, maybe another ant-man and the wasp that type of deal which is going to be most likely make up most of phase five not including another avengers movie of course your thoughts on phase four as a whole when you heard the listing of all the stuff that was out there coming to the plate for not only disney plus and also in the movies were you excited about phase four upcoming in the marvel cinematic universe
2: i'll be honest i wasn't man i i i was- discussing this with you earlier i'm really burnt out on marvel right now like in game ended on such an emotional note and i've been following those characters for so long yeah i just and yeah I,
0: you didn't like spider-man that
2: much either it was okay i, I just like i and i i would have liked it better had it been before ingame
0: didn't i say those words as well
2: yeah you did it just it there's there's so much happening right now and I, i'm sure like in a year or so not a year but you know after so sometime in, in 2021, you know, around the time Thor comes out, I'll have rekindled my joy of the Marvel films and I'll have to go back and start watching things again. But there's just, there is so much. Look at this. There's what? one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 things have been announced. And we know there's two more beyond that. There's, it's so much. And they haven't really let the aftermath of Endgame really sink in. I thought they were taking a year off, but I guess they're not. So it's just it's too much man and I like I'm overloaded and I'm burnt out on it and you know I have high hopes for these shows but I'm I probably not going to be watching them right away just because I I need some time to want to go back to watch them
0: Now there will be a 10 month time frame you're talking about from the time that Spider-Man Far From Home debuted in theaters to the time when Black Widow debuts in theaters. There is going to be about 10 months, not quite the year that you were asking for, but almost. I mean, there is going to be a little bit of a break, so you can take a breather. And I think a lot of other people, a lot of casual audiences will be taking a breather before they go ahead in anticipation for the Black Widow movie. Now, I'm glad like you are that there is not going to be a winter this year or a spring next year type of movie that comes out for the Marvel Cinematic Universe and that they're going to wait until, okay, it's still technically kind of like spring, but May, which kicks off the summer movie season next year for Black Widow. I'm kind of glad that they're giving at least 10 months, which will give a kind of break. I know it's not the break that you need. You maybe need a little bit more, but still 10 months isn't that bad. I mean, at least it's a step in the right direction.
2: Yeah, that's true. But I mean, you look at these, they're they're not just movies anymore. So you have, you know, you have a few movies coming up on this timeline here. But a lot of these shows, like you're going to have to watch several hours of them to get through it. And that's what feels overwhelming to me is the fact that I can't just go to the movies and watch a two to three hour movie anymore. I have to sit at home and And watch watch
0: a six episode type deal.
2: Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's not just that, it's the fact that I have to sit there and watch all these episodes so that I can stay up to date on, you know, whatever happens in the the Eternals or what happens in Shang-Chi or whatever happens in Doctor Strange. Like, I have to sit there and watch these shows now so that I can stay connected to the greater Marvel timeline.
0: Now, is there any one property you could get excited for or you think, you know what, if I get over the burnout of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is there one project that sticks out to you that you know makes you say, "Hey, uh, I kind of you know want to see if I can target
2: that once again"? Well, Shang Chi is definitely on that list. You know, I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, Iron Fist, and I, I'm I'm curious how that's going to fit in to that. You know, because Iron Fist is a, obviously a huge part of Shang Chi's legacy. But uh, you know, and I, I would go on to say like another one would be Doctor Strange. But again, I I have to, from what it sounds like, I have to go back and watch WandaVision before I watch Doctor Strange. Thor Love and Thunder looks cool or sounds cool. And then Blade is the one that has me worried because Blade is a very dark, very violent property in all forms that's ever been made. Even on the 1990s the the Spider-Man cartoon that was on, Blade was a very dark character. And I don't see that Blade working well on the PG-13, happy-go-lucky Disney Marvel side of things.
0: Well, that movie, they still have some time to go ahead and shape that because it is not coming out until phase five. I would probably say what since Mahershala Ali was just announced, but they don't have a director script screenplay that they've announced for it yet. I would probably say that's you're still looking at 2022, 2023 you know, maybe maybe twenty late twenty twenty two at the earliest before you would get a Blade movie. Maybe even longer because Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. That's just waiting for James Gunn to finish Suicide Squad, and once he finishes that, he'll jump right into that. I'm sure, like I said before, another Ant Man the Wasp could be in the offering. Of course, we're going to get another Black Panther. Of course, we're also going to get another Captain Marvel. For goodness' sake, so all those success stories, we're going to get sequels on they can go ahead and do while they think of a good story or a good way to go ahead and try and market and package Blade because you're right, the first Blade was truly a very, very good film. In fact, it's the best film away from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I hear you on that. I think they're going to have to go ahead and treat that properly and be very careful where they trade when it concerns the Blade universe and the Blade character. I think they can get away with it. I still think they can do it but they're going to have to be very careful about how they go about it. I am very happy that you said about Shang-Chi because you and I have spoke at length before about how this type of movie environment needs a really good Kung Fu movie again. And I'm so hopeful that Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings will fit the bill. That is one of the two I'm excited for the most along with Black Widow, which I think is way overdue, and I'm hopeful that a lot of people will still go see it, even though we already know what's going to happen to her character, even though we know that's the prequel. We don't know how it exactly ties into the larger scheme of things, but I'm hoping that we will get a chance to really delve into the character of Black Widow even more when it comes out in May. So those two I'm really excited for. Are there any one properties that you feel is really just – Not interesting in you at all. Maybe it's the What If or maybe the Loki series because Loki has been such a great character, but it seems like his character has already been too played out.
2: Yeah, I mean, like WandaVision, I'm not really interested in. Loki is one. What If? Hawkeye, I could take it or leave it. A lot of the stuff that I don't have a lot of interest in seems to be the Disney Plus stuff. That's going to be one of those things where I feel like in the same way I force myself to sit down and watch like Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, that's how these shows are going to be for me.
0: And that's the thing right now. We talked about Disney Plus before. This is how they're going to draw you in. Does that mean you're going to be more interested in if you do become a Disney Plus subscriber more interested in The Mandalorian and seeing what's on the Star Wars realm? Because you said you were burnt out on the Star Wars franchise as well.
2: Well, I feel like Disney took all this stuff that I once loved and now they have beaten it to death with Marvel not so much, but with Star Wars, like bad storylines and Marvel is well on its way to possibly making bad storylines. I don't know. I haven't seen any of this stuff yet, so I can't really judge how it's going to be. But at the moment, I can say that I'm just like, I need I need a break. I need some original cinema. Like I need something good to kind of cleanse the palate before I go back to this. But what, like, what on the Marvel side are you looking forward to? Well, like I said,
0: Black Widow really interests me. And I I've told you before, uh, hundreds of times that, you know, my girls, myself were really into Black Widow. We really enjoyed her character arc over the course of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're glad we're finally getting to see that. I mean, This goes back to the early days of our show, my friend, where I've told you we needed a Black Widow movie. We need a Black Widow movie. And they're finally doing it. Is it too late? We're going to have to wait and see what the audience reception is like, because I think that's going to be the big question that comes out in May of next year when that movie comes out is, is it a little bit too late for her character to succeed on something like a prequel when you already know what her character ends up as in Avengers Endgame? I'm hoping not. I'm still excited to see what's going on with her character. I'm hopeful that a lot of other people will as well and that everybody will start getting the Marvel bug once again when Black Widow comes out in May. The one I'm really kind of worried about is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Not the fact that it's going to go ahead and delve into weird stuff and whatnot, but the fact is is that's your May movie, which is supposed to be your big earner for the year but yet they're already touting it as a Marvel horror movie. Now, as we're going to talk about on the Friday show, when it comes to Guillermo del Toro's latest scary stories that you tell in the dark, how are you going to be able to translate a horror movie into a PG-13 platform and, and be something that's effective, that not only is a horror, but also a great telling of a superhero
2: story as well? Can Marvel go horror sticking to Disney's guidelines though for what they are and aren't allowed to do that's what i've been thinking about but you know obviously with dr strange and wanda's you know scarlet witches in this movie it's going to be it's going to be tough i don't see it really i see it maybe being something that's like shocking or surprising it has to be something for families right so families need to be able to go to see this movie i don't see them pulling off a horror movie in in, in the uh the way that we would think a horror movie would be Maybe Guillermo del Toro can do something like that, much like you did with Hellboy Two and the Golden Army, because that still had like its, its horror aspects, but it was had its its magic, I guess you could say. So I don't, I don't know. It would have to be very well executed, but you know, the idea of a multiverse of madness—it sounds really cool. I just, I'm, I'm worried about how it's going to be executed.
0: As am I, my friend. As am I. I know in the weeks and months leading up to it, we're going to be talking about that as well and how the WandaVision series, and the Scarlet Witch, who is going to play a major part in both the WandaVision and also as well, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness movie, how she's going to be an integral character in both, how that's going to play out. I know in the weeks and months to come, as far as that series and that movie, we're going to be talking about that as well. If you have any thoughts on phase four, just like Josh and I, you want to ask us a question on it, bounce our thoughts off it, let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. When we come back, we're going to come back with a review that I did of the Lucid Sound LS41. If you want to hear how it sounds and what I thought of the headphones, also as well, we're going to be talking about Thor, Love and Thunder, and also the rest of Phase 5, how that could be played out as well. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games.
0: Hey everyone, it's Gerald from the Pop Culture Cosmos with my review of the Lucid Sound LS41 wireless surround sound headphones. With an array of headphones seemingly everywhere at virtually almost any price, it seems like a difficult task to weed out the contenders from the pretenders in the gaming home audio marketplace. For a long time, streamers and gaming competitors alike have yearned for that perfect balance between freedom of movement, crystal clear communication, and a superior audio experience with the stakes getting higher and higher in this ultimate chess match for your dollars and, of course, your ears. Lucid Sound attempts to stake its claim with one of their latest entries, the LS41 Surround Sound Wireless Headphones, available today for an MSRP of $199.99 at many retail outlets. The LS41 delves into the foray with a bevy of options and features at a not too insurmountable price point. The LS41s provide the wearer with a 7.1 DTS experience while utilizing wireless technology on many of the platforms it is connected to via a USB dongle, which, depending on what the user is playing on, comes as an inviting degree of comfort for those using it wireless for a PC, Nintendo Switch, when it's docked, and PlayStation 4. The separation of sound in our various tests in both stereo and surround sound formats had the LS41s holding up well to whatever music, video, or game that was thrown up against it. Along with the added digital and connection cables for platforms that the LS41 cannot be wireless on, is an included detachable microphone that adjusts in flexibility to the vocal needs of the gamer, streamer, and yes, even podcaster as well. Of course, the big ticket for this unit is the sound. And the lucid sound ls41 delivers with its 50 millimeter drivers delivering a smooth sounding 7.1 dts ambiance that ranks with us as one of the better units we have tried part of the reason for this very positive experience in sound quality comes with its solid construction because of the unit itself is housed within a sturdy yet lightweight frame with pleasantly soft ear cushions that don't tax the ears or the head as many others in this class have a tendency to do. While these headphones deliver in sound quality, it has drawbacks which keep the LS41 from achieving that highest echelon in the marketplace. A supplied 3.5mm cable is required to interact with others via chat for Xbox One, or to use at all for mobile read the Nintendo Switch when you don't have it on the dock. This essentially takes away the wireless capability on those platforms and renders it to a somewhat different experience. The provided detachable microphone is serviceable enough for chat, but for those thinking about streaming and podcasting, it gives off a slightly muffled and hollow, as noted to me, sound that doesn't project audibly as well as some of the other comparable headsets within its general price range. With the onslaught of quality headphones that have been brought on by the rise in interest in video games, eSports, streaming, and podcasting, it's no wonder that people can get overwhelmed with the numerous choices out there. But with its excellent sound quality, these headphones can be a quality auditory tool when used in conjunction with one's video game library. Our time spent with the Lucid Sound LS41 7.1 surround sound headphones prove that while it's not the optimal choice for gamers seeking a wireless Xbox One opportunity or advancing their podcasting or streaming platforms, it is without hesitation a very solid recommendation for those looking to pursue an immersive, beautifully sounding, casual gaming lifestyle, whether it be through a single or multiplayer experience. If you want to hear more about the LucidSound LS41 7.1 DTS round sound headphones, which were just used in this review, let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, or check out my review on popculturecosmos.wordpress.com, and also our home site, popculturecosmos.com.
1: You're listening to the Pop Culture
0: Cosmos. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. Want to thank everybody for listening. If you need a listing of where we're at, because we're being played seven days a week all around the world, Check us out on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook and you get a listing right there of all of our great radio stations, including the folks at the Good Talk radio station. They play our shows back to back on Sunday nights. They're just an awesome station based out of Arizona and we cannot thank them enough for playing our show. Check out their awesome radio station for all the other great stuff that they have as well. Check them out today. That's the Good Talk radio station, including the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. My friend, just a couple big updates and I'll hand it over to you as far as your book is concerned. If you need a place to go for as far as podcasting is concerned, you know what? We're also on Radio Public. If you just type in Pop Culture Cosmos on Radio Public, just go ahead and check it out on one of our channels right there on Radio Public. You'll get all of our latest episodes there as well. Last but not least, for those great Anchor listeners out there, not only do they have the one hour radio edit show on Anchor.fm, but we just added a PCC Extra channel, which will have all of our extra shows that have been exclusive to the Palm Culture Cosmos channel on Podbean and all of its other outlets. That is now going to be available on its own channel on Anchor.fm, the PCC Extra. So you'll be able to get all those old episodes that were only exclusive to the Pondbean channel and so many other great programs as well. My friend, before we talk Marvel one last time, I want to hear your thoughts on your latest book, Congratulations, You Suck. Where can you get it? And why do you need to check out Congratulations, You Suck?
2: You can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, booklocker.com, and all those great places. But yeah, check it out. I spent a lot of time working on it, and I'd be greatly appreciative. I've gotten some feedback already and I'd love to hear what you guys think. Pick up a copy today, physical or ebook, uh, and let me know. No book burnings, I hope, Brian. Right? No book burnings. Yeah, no book burnings. Don't burn that okay. book, please. But you can still buy it. Okay.
0: When you're burning a Kindle, that's when you know your story is bad. I just want to let you know, you know. And then also ebook. Oh, that was good. Zing. Zing right there for you. Once again, that is congratulations. You suck. It's now available in every online book outlet. Get it today, please, because it's a really good story. And I hope you get a chance to read it all right my friend on the way out i want to talk thor love and thunder and the rest of phase five or what we think it might play out as all right thor love and thunder your thoughts on uh, let's say svelte thor let's let's go with svelte thor as far as the future is he going to remain svelte thor the way he was at the at the end of the avengers endgame is his story going to continue on in that fashion we also heard that officially valkyrie will be the king of asgard and we'll be getting a queen in that movie plus also jane foster's coming back and she's going to be female thor so your thoughts on all the stuff going on with taika watiti coming up again as director for thor love and thunder
2: i haven't heard any of the stuff about valkyrie
0: yeah valkyrie is going to be the king of asgard and she has noted that she is going to get a queen at some point in time during the film so, so is both. that like
2: a, like a lbgqt type Thing. yes We're
0: yes yeah. yes marvel said she is uh coming out as that character oh
2: well that's interesting i trust taika waititi to do his thing my hope that this would isn't them writing thor writing chris hemsworth off because he will always be thor in my book you know and i i just hope that that's not them making an attempt to get rid of him i hope the movie is a thor movie that's that's what i want i i'm I like the idea of, uh, you know, Lady Thor, Jane Foster becoming Thor. I hope that it's done well. But, you know, as we talked about with Ragnarok, it was a great movie, really funny, but it didn't have enough serious moments to really take the movie seriously. And I just hope that Thor Love and Thunder kind of walks a different path and, and blends those elements a little better than what Ragnarok did.
0: Thoughts about Natalie Portman coming back after she and Marvel didn't exactly have a love fest after
2: Thor The Dark World? She probably got paid a lot of money to come back because Jane Foster in the comic books is Thor. And one thing you can, you can I admire about Marvel is how they stand behind their continuity. And that was probably really important to them to have her come back. Or maybe it was the director and the direction that the Thor franchise went with Taika Waititi behind the wheel. Maybe that's what kind of pulled her back into it. She's one of those actresses now that has grown so big and she likes working with big name directors. And maybe uh, Taika Waititi was able to entice her back into the role.
0: Where does Svelte Thor go as far as his character? You're right. I hope this isn't the end of Chris Hemsworth line when it comes to Thor and the Thorn character with Thor and Love and Thunder. I hope he doesn't say adieu and adios to that character because it would be very disheartening if that was the case. And you and I have both discussed this before. He's not been very successful outside the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so it may not be in his best financial interest as well
2: he shouldn't pigeonhole himself into only Marvel films I'm sure there's something out there for him that could take off like the crocodile Dundee thing right everyone's really excited about the possibility of that being a thing but I yeah I, not I just,
0: Hulk Hogan man not Hulk Hogan
2: well Hulk Hogan is about is pre- pretty irrelevant these days I don't know I, I just I don't want to see him get written off because it feels if they're doing all this like the social stuff in this movie which is is fine it's cool. I just don't want that to be like a platform for them kicking Thor off of his own franchise, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, you're right. And that they would continue the Thor name without the original Thor, it seems kind of weird and I'm not sure everybody would be very enthused by it. Although a lot of people are jacked up over Natalie Portman playing the role of Thor at some point in time and them being dual Thors. That would be cool. I could hang with that. I would have no problems, no issues with that. But I certainly would not like to see Chris Hemsworth leave the series that he's now grown into and matured into that has really started to become a fan favorite, his current representation of Thor as it stands right now. So hopefully he'll be able to continue that long term, but we'll have to wait and see when Thor Love and Thunder comes out in November 2021. All right, last question before we head on out, my friend, and that is this. Phase five, we talked a little bit about Blade. And I like I, said, I don't think that would be the first movie out the get-go for phase five. I think they'll save that for either the end of the first year or at least the second year of the phase five slate of films that would be coming out. And I do think Blade would become a film. What of phase five would get you most interested as far as a fan is concerned? And do you think it is too soon or do you think it's the right time to reintroduce the X-Men and the Fantastic Four?
2: Here's my thing with all this. Marvel has done a great job, you know, working with Disney up to this point, but they're getting into some of the more fringe franchises, which are notoriously dark. And if they're not allowed to let these characters be dark and gritty as they're meant to be, I think it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way and kind of cause a lot of fans of these lower franchises to lose interest in what they're doing. Like blade is a perfect example. Like if it's blade, features a lot of decapitations a lot of blood a lot of gore and if they do that in like a comedic pg-13 type situation it's just it's not going to be a good movie they need to let these dark characters shine so to speak and be what they were meant to be or else it's just it's not going to work
0: marvel has done a great job of deviating when it needs to away from the comic books because the comic books some of the stuff that's in there does not translate well on screen and they've been very wise with many of the decisions that they've made that have deviated from the comic books. So I've got my hopes in Marvel right now because I believe that they're going to do the right thing almost every time as far as the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe when it comes to Phase 4 or Phase 5. I'm just going to keep, like I said, a keen eye on it. But I don't want them to play the comic books to a T, my friend, because I think if you they stick to the comic books to a T, not everything translates well from the comic books onto the screen. I think there should be a little bit of difference there and I'm glad when they do it, but I also want to make sure that they do stick somewhat to the comic book source as well.
2: Okay, so it's not so important to me that they adhere directly to the comic book storylines, but it's really important to me that they let these characters be what they were meant to be.
0: I agree with you, my friend. Definitely that's something that they should be wary of as they go ahead and build towards phase four and also the future in phase five be excited to see what what happens with that and there's disney d23 coming up later this month that i'm very excited to hopefully hear more info on stuff going on in phase four of marvel and also phase five as well well my friend it has been a great episode i want to thank you for stopping by tune in this friday for pcc multiverse where we're going to have our fall gaming preview we're gathering up all of our notes and information on all the games coming out this fall. We're going to be talking at length and detail on it. So hopefully you'll get a chance to tune in as well enough. Plus, we'll be talking about Guillermo del Toro's latest. And you never know, we might even talk about the dora Dora as well. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.
1: pardon interruption, but do you want to learn more about love, anger, happiness, music, time, space, and the human race? I hope you do, because I'm here to beg you to listen to Soul Forge Podcast. We're your weekly dose of life and living here on the ESO Network. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts and soulforgepodcast.com. A proud partner of the Rusted Robot Podcast here on the ESO Network. Let's find out together.